Ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning to move into a better timeline. And by we, I mean me, Chris, my wife, his wife, you if you're listening to the podcast. Um, everyone else is going to remain in the... Yeah, nobody else. Yeah, the, the people, people outside of our circle of friends, well-wishers, and associates, and, and any, anyone who listens to our bands and watches this podcast, um, those people we are going to move into a glorious golden dawn where, where we have Space Force on top of a mountain in Colorado. We join Starfleet. We don't even have a president anymore. We have a tribunal of robed AI beings that, that are gifted to us by, by someone, by super intelligent otherworldly uh, creatures that we have good relations with, like humans and the Vulcans in Star Trek, something like that. You know, we're, gonna, we, we, yeah. we, we're going to have superconductors that, uh, room temperature superconductors that can have magnetic levitating trains and robots that'll suck our dicks and like all of this stuff. While everyone else is gonna get get left behind, like it's basically the rapture, but it's yeah. like the fun, sort of like a supercomputer will solve mortality, and we just get to you know have our have our ass wiped by fucking robot butlers for eternity, and and explore the cosmos, and then in the rest of the country, it's just gonna be draconian abortion laws. Donald Trump Jr. is gonna be president. Um, Jeffrey Epstein will come out of hiding and be alive and he'll be vice president and you're going to get molested and it's all going to be terrible and honestly the only thing that seems to be we'll get the old Berenstein Bears back you know you have to spell it the weird way that you know is wrong okay an A no I hated the Berenstein Bears when I was a kid. It was it was preachy and it was trite. And me and my friend Brett on our seventh grade, uh, when you got to go to Valley Fair uh, at the end of the school year for being good, we got permanently kicked out of Berenstein Bear Country just for throwing fucking t-shirts full of rocks into this big echoey spooky tree thing and riding on top of the little choo-choo trade for toddlers like it was a surfboard. And uh, I know for a fact that if it was if if that the entryway was spelled with an A. That the Baron Stain Bears, like they claim that it is, that's what the government wants you to believe now. Uh, we would have called them the Butt Stain Bears a lot, and we didn't do that. Yeah. And it wasn't just a missed opportunity. No, it's proof that we actually shifted universes slightly. And I think some of us are. I'm just going to lump our listeners in. in mama, Mama, I'm coming home. We're, <laughs> we're going back to the good universe, and it's going to be full of wacky science fiction things that I've always wanted to see happen. I mean, even like look at Chris and I. We work we work in this weed adjacent business that's like lots of fun to work at, and we like the people we work with and for, and we get to do drugs at work and stuff, and have crazy crackpot ideas, and sell crack pipes with like people's names we hate on them to, you know, try to sully their <laughs> business, and with with a laugh and a grin and a and a shake of the hand saying, "Good job on helping me do that, John." And now in Minnesota, weed's becoming legal, which means we're going to have a cocaine-powered rocket ship ride to the moon. Um, while, every, while everyone else just kind of, there'll be like another pandemic, and and this one will actually kill way more people. And yeah, have fun with that. You know, I I I I think that like the only the only I think the only penance we're paying is we, we lost Lizzo. Lizzo got in trouble, and you know what? I don't know that that's really anything I'm that worried about losing. I liked her early stuff. She's a Minnesota artist, you know, like, yeah. and I, I remember 
her being more local and making sort of like interesting rap music, particularly interesting. By the way, she doesn't sound like that anymore. She just makes stuff for white people to dance to at weddings. She's she's that that Lizzo. Maybe maybe we'll get the old cool rap Lizzo back in our new timeline we're going into without you. And you get boring like um, come on, Grandma! Everybody dance at the wedding. Music from Lizzo, where she also molests her backup dancers and calls them fat, and all you know, all these other you know, cancelable. Never, never be squeaky clean. Never no. be positive. If you're going to be a famous person, you know, the only the only person that's ever come back from that, and God God rest is is his silly pervy soul is is Paul Rubens. Like everyone really lost their shit. When he was jerking off in a gay porno theater, which, by the way, that's, that's what they're for. Yeah, that. <laughs> the fuck else do you do there? That's what you're supposed to do. And he got caught. But this is, I didn't know this. He got caught by um, undercover cops that weren't undercover. They were just closeted, and they were there to also jerk off off duty, jerk off duty. And they 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 kind of were like, "Hey, you shouldn't be doing that," you know. And uh, it became this whole thing. But then he like hosted the. The like the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards like one year later and he just came out on stage like I heard any good jokes lately and just brushed <laughs> it the fuck off. Everyone still loves Pee Wee. Um, he's the only person to survive that. Mister Rogers, squeaky clean and probably was actually the real second coming of Jesus and a lot of people slept on it. I knew, but but he turns out he didn't do anything bad. Like he didn't have like a bunch of child skeletons under his floorboards. Like everyone was kind of thinking. Mr. Rogers was actually a good guy, but almost everyone else with that squeaky clean. And and we know better than than everybody that most like, you know, you look at like a, like, like death metal musicians or something and they're like, Oh, they must be terrible. And they're always like the nicest guys with like kitty cats and, and you know, like that sort of underappreciated trope is, is very true. Whereas like someone that's like, I'm here to just help everybody have a good time. And you know that like that guy just has, like a subscription to some like Russian live streaming thing where you get to donate money when they torture people in front of you or whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you fifty stars, which are that's the the money they use, and, and you know, you get a hundred bucks each. Like if you, you know, take his toes off with a cigar cutter or whatever, like, and it, and you know, he's wearing a sweater, and it's all right, kids, like here's the acoustic guitar, and it's like that's what that we all know that that's how it works. Yeah. So like, you know, when Lizzo was just a rapper. Mm-hmm. Like she, it's like she didn't have to talk about about. I just want to. I just want to make the world better for for other fat people. Like you could be a big fat rapper. That's fine. Lots of people have done it. Some of the best rappers are just big fat rappers, and they rapped, and everyone loved them. And it just nothing ever really. Like Missy Elliott wasn't ever like check it out, everybody. I'm gonna change the world by being really annoying. <laughs> like no, she just made really awesome songs. Yeah. And uh, with um, who was that one producer guy that she worked with that I really liked? Uh, Timbaland. Timbaland, yeah. yeah. Timbaland was also who I loved. The first person I ever heard go, yeah, I straight up just rip off copyrighted stuff, and it turns out I make more money than what the lawsuits cost, so I just keep doing it. And I'm like, that was my first lesson in real business when I was a kid, hearing about that shit. I'm like, that is gangster as fuck. And that's, when I think of Missy Elliott, that's what I think about. I don't go like, well, good good for her. She's showing, you know, young people all over the world that it's okay to not live past 51. And, you know, it's like, that's, you know, no, she didn't do that at all. But, like, you know, when you take a stand on something morally, you know that that person is just doing the opposite of that behind closed doors. It's just it's just yeah. suspicious 
I think that's what was hard to the hard pill to swallow with Lizzo is that there's probably ten other artists in Hollywood that I would have expected that from first. But I think like what people seem to love about her is that she's like Midwest. You know, oh, yeah. from Detroit, Minneapolis. She's seems like kind of a real person, you know. And I I mean what real person doesn't make their employees well, eat bananas out of people's vaginas. I mean, well, yeah, and people are. I don't dis- know what you did at work today. But. People are disgusting. Yeah, and and the that's I I, I brought this up with the whole uh, the Till Lindman nonsense, which is what I'm going to call it. And it's that like, really, the reason people get outraged is that they hear about something that may or may not have been an issue or whatever, and it really sounds like it. It's just some drunken, you know, like I don't yeah. think it's like a real thing. But at the same time, they hear about that. They also get a little peek into what it looks like when you're the most famous industrial metal band in the world. When Metalocalypse is actually like, could basically just be an analog for your level of success. Yeah. Um, it turns out a lot of people that you're never going to marry and aren't all that old, but are legally old enough to drink, will suck your dick. Like, that is what happens, and that is what everyone wants. Like, I think, it, like, all of a sudden, it's like people assume the world, like, works a certain way like i've had you know i've been friends and maybe maybe more with with a lot of with a lot of goth ladies over the years and i've literally heard more than once that you know they're like you know it's weird though in high school like the jock guys all they all wanted to fuck goth girls you know and that just seems so weird and it's like yeah jock they they want to fuck anything with a pulse and if it's running around in black frilly underpants and it has a big fat set of daddy issues, like it's all the better. And like, it's like they're not trying to fucking like talk your CD collection into butt stuff. They're just they don't really care how you're dressed or what you're into. But that's that's the thing. They're like, really, like guys just want to like stick their dick in something they think is hot, and they're not trying to like fucking get really deep and marry like every single person. It's like, no, if you're a really big rock star, you can just fuck people and not talk to them later. And like, they're also cool with that. But then when other people who no one wants to fuck find out about that, they're like, well, maybe that original accusation isn't about anything, but the, you know, the, the rest of the, I can't believe that people are just out there having sex. Somebody should do something about that. <laughs> And so in, like, Lizzo's case, her going to one of her backup dancers, and they're, like, in Amsterdam, and she's like, go grab that, that stripper's titty. Well, that's just good, clean fun when you're in, in a musician. Yeah. You get popular enough to draw in Amsterdam. You're the kind of thing with backup dancers, and you're at some crazy, coked-up, fucking legal prostitution titty bar, and you're just drunk, and you're like, go go, go grab that girl's titty. She's like, no, I don't want to. It's like, well, do you want to keep having this job? Because we're here to party, and either you go and you slap those titties around, or we're gonna have a problem, you know. And I think I've come around on this whole Lizzo thing. I, I, I like her again. But if she just wasn't so preachy, like that's. I think that if she was just a little bit more gangster in the public eye, no one would give a flying <laughs> fuck about any of this stuff. You know, like everybody got mad at Ellen for being like a like a horrible mean celebrity to like her employees. Like every See, that boss one I saw coming. Though. Well, yeah, but. I think if she was like, my my whole persona is that I'm a raging bitch, everyone would be like, well, yeah. Like, what did you think? She was going to be really nice behind closed doors. Like, no, I'm just going to go dance with America's favorite war criminal, George W. Bush, and it's just going to be fun. And you're like, you know, and everyone's like, yeah, we're okay with that. And 
then it just turns out that she's just like slapping people and throwing drinks in their faces for like you know yeah oh this coffee's too hot and just scald somebody like I you know it was it was the great late I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before but it was the late great Patrice O'Neill talking about Paul Rubens where it's like the the problem is he was like a kids show guy. Like, Patrice was like, I make jacking off in the movie theater jokes for people who jack off at movie theaters. So if they catch me jacking off in a movie theater, nothing is going to happen. Like, I'm not Big Bird. Like, that's yeah. not really, like, any kind of issue. And I, I love that I've, I've, I've tried to live by that a little bit, you know, where I'm like, you know, well, we found, we found out John Wheeler was, like, intentionally, it's like, we knew that. Whatever it was. Like, we fucking do. Matter of fact, I was like, oh, look, I got some Patreon subscribers. I don't actually have a Patreon. I don't know what that would have on it. Like, even worse stuff. Like, what is there? What even is Patreon? I don't know. Ask it's, the fucking old guy. Apparently. It's it's just a thing where it's, you know, how m most things on YouTube and podcasts and, and what have you are, are just there for you to listen to. There's ads or okay. there's whatever. But Patreon is when, like, if you want to pay $5 a month, you get the ones that are, like, a little bit, like, well, bonus okay. content and possibly a little seedier. That's actually not so bad, then. Yeah, like, I actually, the only Patreon I ever, because it was a dollar a month, that I ever signed up for was Doug Stanhope's, and it was, like, because the, the, um, he finally released, like, there's this famous thing with Doug Stanhope where, like, somewhere in 2016 is, like, long time, basically wife-girlfriend, like, did too much coke on her birthday and, like, split her skull open, falling out, you know, and ended up, like, in a coma, and he didn't know if she was going to make it or not, and he was panicking, but Stanhope is friends with, like, Johnny Depp and people in that circle, so yeah. he went to go do this big event. Uh, it was the End of the World podcast with, like, Bill Burr and Joe Rogan, okay. and and he was like, I got, I got nerves, and uh, I wanted to do a podcast beforehand, and it wasn't doing very good, but then Marilyn Manson showed up with a box of Krispy Kreme donuts and more cocaine than I've ever seen, and we made a fucking incoherent two-hour-long podcast together that never got released, but then he's like, he set up a Patreon, he's like, I'll put it on there, and I was like, here's my dollar. Okay. I want to listen to that, but that's what that's it's fair. for. It's, it's kind of that, and I could see if, like... Okay. I thought it was, like, one of those, like, online panhandling. Um, no, it's not like a GoFundMe or anything okay. like that. It's right. actually, like... It's a paid subscription, like, for stuff. Oh, okay. Like, your mom's house, I think, releases, like, unedited, ver like, when they're watching videos of, like, someone getting their head torn off in an industrial accident, <laughs> and they kind of, like, can't really even sh play the audio, let alone show the video or whatever, and it's like, if you, if you sign up for your Patreon, you can just see that. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you can watch Christina P. try not to throw up while Tom just laughs really hard, you know, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's what that's for. Um, but I haven't gotten, like, I don't know, like, what I would do. Just, like, here, you can just watch me do coke on this or something. Like, I, I, I don't, you know, it's like we're already just smoking <laughs> drugs and drinking on this thing. Like, <laughs> it's <is> legal. <coughs> I know. I was just thinking that, like, uh, we were talking earlier, like, whether or not I should just roll this while we're doing the podcast. And it did make me think that, like, if it gets to a point where it's legal enough, do we finally get to the point where... When people actually smoke weed in movies, they look like they've smoked weed before. Because it's always that fucking... Yeah. You know, somebody's smoking like a plastic bong that just hasn't existed for fucking 20 years. And they clearly are like purposefully looking like they don't know how to use it. When it's like, I literally saw in the fucking paper that you got arrested with cocaine on Melrose like fucking three days ago. Like, don't tell me you don't know how to fucking smoke a bong, but... You talking about when, uh, when Brad Pitt was in uh, True Romance and he's smoking out of that weird like honey bear thing? Because he's just like a couch stoner in that movie. 
Yeah. That does seem a little weird. It is weird. The Honey Bears got to... That was... I don't know if it was a like because of that movie, but it's like that did just become a thing for a while. It was people That movie was such an underground yeah. thing, and people... I went. They re-released it in the theater for a while, and oh, his nice. character's name was Rudy, and this was years ago they re-released it, because the movie's just so old that even the story is old about when it came back around. But when... It cuts to Brad Pitt on the couch smoking weed. The fucking whole thing's like, Rudy! Like, it was a... So, it's a cult. Yeah. It's a cult classic-y. That's... that's I 100% am pretty sure where that's, that's where that came from. Interesting. That being the case. And, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they re-released it. I didn't even know about that. I mean, it was like the thing that Quentin Tarantino wrote and then sold, but... Yeah. But, yeah, no, you could, you could roll... I mean, A, this podcast and YouTube channel aren't big enough to be, like, really making any kind of money or to get kicked off of it. It doesn't make a difference. And I was going to say, like, what are we going to get fired? <laughs> we're smoking weed. I, I don't think so. Like, why aren't you guys smoking enough weed on this podcast? It should really, there should really be more. Um, you know, like, maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll throw our name on it if you, you know. But you really have to get through at least four joints per episode, um, which would kill me. I would pass away from that. And this was at least two. Yeah, I want everyone to appreciate the size of that thing. And by the way, on legalization day the other day, uh, at work, um, Chris and a few of the guys rolled a thing. Well, Chris rolled it. They smoked it, but he rolled <laughs> rolled something that was easily twice that size. I made a joke that I think I think my uh, the, the co-worker nearest to me missed, but when you first held that up, I was like, are we going to start stocking those in the ladies' room? <laughs> I don't think anyone heard that, but this was this was a this was a fat heavy flow joint. Yeah, uh, you know. they're uh, they're fun. Fog log. What did that one contain, by the way? I remember you said it had a few ingredients. Uh, it was a couple different kinds of weed, possibly mm -hmm. some keef. Um, what I could only describe as little worm-like oil turds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to describe them, but uh, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of. A little bit of hash oil in there, and yeah, that's uh, how you ruin your Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I literally I almost had a fucking panic attack and went home. <laughs> that's what I was, I was saying earlier that like that's that's the amount of, of of THC that that everyone in one way or another ingests throughout your average. <laughs> like I watch these the guys that actually blow the glass smoke as much weed as your coworkers at a restaurant smoke cigarettes in any given shift. Like it's yeah. actually pretty impressive. Well, when you blow glass long enough, the, you know, the it's like the best weed finds you. Oh you know, yeah, you go out and look for it. You had, you had the the Venn diagram of being in like a fairly popular, dirty piece of shit metal band, and also as a well known. By the way, uh, uh, exhale glass on uh, Instagram. Yes. I should be better about this That's too. Um, and by the way, subscribe to. I this mean, I don't thing. care about it, so I don't know why anybody else should. <laughs> no, but I mean, I should. I should when the people, when other people are helping me do this, I should be better about going. Hey, follow them on their thing. But I, I suck. Like I should be opening every single thing with like, hey, like and subscribe, everybody. Mm -hmm. and um, so I can start sh shooting people with a t-shirt cannon like Jake Paul or whatever. But no, I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't care either. So that's the problem. <laughs> like I just don't actually do anything. Um, I'll move that out of the way. I'll just yeah, grab that. Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah, uh, weed, weed is legal, and yeah, speaking of in Minnesota, but it's not, um, no one can legally sell it yet. You can't even sell it to your friend. Technically, that's still a crime, and I think people are missing that a little bit. Like, you can grow it, and you can give it away. And we had a real fun conversation late yesterday before I left 
um, where <laughs> wherein our boss was talking about people who were trying to get away with it, and he's like, "Yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, you pay fifty dollars to get in, and then you get like a free bag of, of weed for for joining everyone at this all day long event at a store or whatever." And I'm like, "You're describing a speakeasy, like that's 1921." It's like. Like, oh, uh, we'll sell you this, uh, this Davenport or maybe this really expensive empty jar. And uh, for being such a good customer, we'll fill that jar up with weed. He's just like, yeah. yeah. Can we do that? I'm like, you shouldn't be asking me this. <laughs> that was, yeah. that whole thing was funny, too, because he, I, I, he was like, just discovered chat GPT. So I helped him sign up for the, the 4.0, the one oh, that's like man. really good. And he's like, you can just ask it legal questions and stuff. I'm like, yep, we should definitely just start running this <laughs> based around that. And I am 100% for this idea. Like, we just have, like, a wacky weed speakeasy <laughs> and just, like, a robot as our lawyer. And, like, you know, again, we are entering a better timeline. <laughs> like, this is this is our our 40-hour-a-week, like, oh, shucks, I got to go to work job. Is, is essentially bears some resemblance to Pee-wee's Playhouse, but just in a, in a more druggy way. <laughs> And I imagine Pee Wee's Playhouse was, was the result of a lot of drugs. Speaking of which, a lot of people... Speaking of the thing where it's like, he was a kid's entertainer, and that's why it was fucked up, but he was like, he never wanted to be? Like, I guess that was like a whole thing that came out, where like, he was like, the Pee Wee thing was like full of dirty jokes, and it was like a late night HBO. Like, oh, he had a lot, it was a live show with a lot of that, like, John B. the Genie, and people would come on stage. It was like a very elaborate, not a one-man show, because he'd have kind of these characters come in that ended up sort of being on the kids show yeah. but he wanted it to be like like if if adult swim had existed back then it would have been on that you know what i mean like that yeah. was the idea but it was too early nobody got it so cbs is like we'll give you like like fucking before he started music like rob zombie like actually worked in the studio because he puts up on instagram yeah. talking about how he met him and he said like when i first met him i thought he'd get off the elevator looking like peewee but he came out looking just like his mugshot from years later and that was really <laughs> funny he was just all pissed because it's like they turned it into a kid show and it's like it's supposed to be making fun of a kid's show but it was like a, which was why it was just so goddamn weird because oh, yeah. it wasn't, it just shouldn't, shouldn't have existed, and it's also why he was he was trying to follow. I mean, it was before then, but Patrice O'Neill's advice of making jacking off in the movie theater jokes for people who jack up that was the point. Yep. And so it was it was a weird. He wasn't trying to be Mr. Rogers was trying to be Mr. Rogers. Pee Wee Herman was trying to be a fucking weirdo. Like that was his <laughs> his his idea. Um, and I really had to share that too, and I think. Meredith and I are going to do a, a commemorative, an entire Pee Wee episode. So I don't want to get too, too deep into into that. But he's a very like people my age, especially everyone my age that's insane. Like Pee Wee Herman's like very important to us, and it's it's hard not to talk about. But what Chris and I need to talk about more is um, Space Force, which we've touched on before. But the thing is, is there's more <clears throat> Space Force. News because there's all the, all these things uh, coming out in you know the these actual hearings, and I don't know. You told me that the something happened, like the Pentagon nerfed sort of what it was gonna be, or something like that. Like there was gonna be this big hearing, and they totally neutered it. Like so they did, yes. but I don't remember what it is that they did, like who what they said couldn't happen, or from what I gathered, I watched the two-and-a-half-hour stream of the actual house hearing. And it sounds like there was originally supposed to be, like, five or six people that were going to testify, and it got whittled down to three because 
story being that three of them were somewhat harassed in what I believe, and I may be paraphrasing here a little bit, but David Grush called somewhere in the ballpark of, um, like, (laughs) corporate terrorism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so they had the hearing, and a couple of the congressmen were saying, too, that they were denied access to a skiff. So they, so even the people that should have been given access to a room where they could view classified information privately away from the public. Is that what a skiff is? I actually have not heard of that. I don't know. I, th- I think that's the term that they call it. It's like a skiff room is like a secure room in the Capitol where you have to dump your cell phone on the way in. Okay. And, and like you can, if as long as you have the ability or clearance as a member of Congress to see that, you can see it, but you can't. It still is going to stay classified. Right. You can look at it with your eyeballs. Yes. And then that's like but all they were, you get to do. But they were denied access to a skiff, and a couple of the congressmen said that that was one of the very few times that that's ever happened to them. And weird. Um, so that was kind of bizarre. But oh, but that was what you were saying. It's like they, that was the actual thing where it was like they got denied this thing. They were like, no, you absolutely, we're going back on this now for, like, whatever reason. Yeah, because I think in the skiff, at least, David Grush was, from what I gathered watching the hearing, was he was willing to say which craft we have, where we recovered them, where they're being held right now, had all the locations and said that, you know, I can turn that over to you right now. said he already turned it over to the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community, but said, look, it's still classified, and I think he's doing what, you know, Congress and politicians want you to usually do, which is not just give away a bunch of classified information <laughs> and say, hey, let me actually turn this over to the appropriate channels. And, um, yeah, so it seems like we, at least according to him, do have some kind of crash retrieval program. He did say under oath that based on interviewing over 40 witnesses in four years, including people with first-hand knowledge, says he does believe that we have non-human biology, that we're possibly piloting the craft. Didn't they bulk at um, saying extraterrestrials? They were like, no, but it's non-human biology because there's... And I I choose to interpret that as the, the thing I was reading where someone was talking about how, like, They've just been here for a really long time, and they're yeah. mostly operating underwater. Like, they may have originally come from somewhere else, but we actually yeah. don't really know. I also wonder how much of that is just trying to hide the ball, too, in terms of, you know, like how UFOs became UAPs. They didn't... Nothing yeah, that really was ch- an interesting choice, too. It's, it was, like, yeah. almost to take the, like... I think somebody tr- tried to explain that, though, where it was, like... Because they're not... Because of the water thing is why they were, like... Yeah. They're not really um, necessarily like flying objects anymore. Yeah. Like they're more like, you know, but they're getting, but that didn't make any sense because it's like, well, aerial phenomenon still means not in the ocean. So like that fucking right. doesn't actually hold any water. Like, I think, I think it was just a PR yeah. change. The interesting <clears throat> thing is like, I really want all this to be true and I kind of feel like maybe it is, but what does being under oath even even really mean? Like we had a um, I don't know. 
I had a conversation with someone. It was a uh, while well, it was Spencer at work. He was asking me like, "What does an NDA actually do in reference to yep. um, all the Lizzo stuff?" And I'm like, "Those NDAs are the most toothless legal contract. Like, like they're ba- like if someone you know, it's like if Prince makes you sign one, yep. and it's like that he's just doing coke in front of you or something. It's like, well, that's a crime though. It doesn't just mean you can't tell the yep. police or like whatever. Yeah. It's like they barely." cover anything and I, I was talking about how like <laughs> like real NDAs are like I don't know why why it was but I was like imagine you're like hanging out with Beyonce or something and yeah. she like kills a hooker or whatever like she's gonna make you she's gonna hand you the gun and say you gotta put one in the chippy too like everyone around the room just puts a puts a bullet in the dead prostitute now or if you squeal we're all going down together yep. like that's it and I, <laughs> But I always like thought it'd be really fun to hang out with Beyonce, and then she's just like making him dig the grave, and she's like, "Hurry up, hurry up, or you're gonna be digging two graves." And he's like, "I don't want to hang out with Beyonce anymore." Like, <laughs> and I'm like, "But that's how you used to do it. That's 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 the old school NDA. It's like a piece of paper." But I do believe that like lying under oath is like yeah. you can get thrown in like federal prison. Well, I, but if you're yeah. if you're let's say you're a patsy, you know. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say is like I have a. I mean, I could talk about it now because it was a, one of the obviously like more innocuous music business ones. But I did have to sign an NDA when we did the first Scintilla record, but it was just an NDA to not talk about the record until it was released, and then it got released, which is I, I think happens pretty regularly with stuff that's yeah. got like real label funding behind it, and they're, where they're putting promotion into it and stuff like that, and putting dollars into that where they don't want it. They don't want you to mess up the timing. Yes, yes, you know, and like. <clears throat> And when it when it's stuff like that, and it's like your NDAs are are mostly like, well, if you breach this, then we we don't pay you. But when people yes. make you sign an NDA, and it's supposed to be in perpetuity after you're never gonna work for this person again, it's like they can't yes. really do much. No, well, that's what I was gonna say. Is it's kind of like the old uh, joke we used to have with touring of, you know, like if I would send a contract to a promoter. That's you know we're playing Dumpy's Fuck Bar and you know oh, my, Asshole can, Indiana. Can we use my favorite one you've ever invented, Stumpy's Dump in Pascagoula, Mississippi? <laughs> yeah, I think was that actually was that place in Pascagoula? Was that the well? Pascagoula is the one where like did you jump in the swimming pool naked? Yeah, in front of that cop who was wearing sandals. I just, that was the funniest that, shit I've ever. That son of a bitch is naked. <laughs> Yeah, it was hot, and they had a pool, and I wasn't going to get my stage clothes all, they were wet enough. Oh my god. But I was going to, the point being is like, if I send a contract to a place like that, it's like, in the end, if they fuck us over and don't pay us our fucking $250, like, are we really going to small claims? Like, no, No. you're not. What that contract actually represents in that scenario is my right to drag the fuck out of you on the internet. Yeah. That's really all it is. It's that... You know, now because you signed this contract and you fucked us over, we can go on the internet and say this place sucks. This guy's a piece of shit. Don't ever go there again. Yeah, they broke. They broke a contract, and it's it's a real yeah. it's a real piece of monkey shit to actually yes. fling at them because you can go like, well, they suck, and other people be like, I had a good time there, but you can go like, hey, everybody, they actually like didn't honor a contract. So yeah. if you're thinking that you're going to sign a contract with them and play there. That's probably not going to go the way that you want it to. No. And real people in the real world might rethink. You know, be like, oh, well, fuck, then. Maybe that's not a good idea because we were going to get a a guaranteed amount of money off them, and I guess we probably just might not get it. Well, and to that point, too, I think the, 
you know, like with the NDAs, it's like, I'm sure there's multiple different kinds, but like, it seems like if you have an NDA in the sense of, you know, you're making a record and the record label just doesn't want you to leak anything before it comes out, like that being one side, but it always feels like if there's an NDA that instead of revolving around a business or a project, it revolves around a person. Yeah. It's like, that's where it gets weird, where it's like something here that you already know that you're going to do that I'm not going to like at all. And we're just going to go ahead and stop this in its tracks and... Well, the reason I, I, I meant I happen to mention Prince in that is that yeah. several people that I know, um, music industry or randomly even, have worked for him because he existed here. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I knew a guy on the low end who um, was just like painting Paisley Park or something, or some yeah. punk rock guy I knew, and um, he would always drive around in this car that he just spray painted bullshit all over, and one one side of the car said eat shit and the other side of the car said give PCP a chance and it was parked in front of Paisley <laughs> Paisley Park and um, Prince came home like while he was working there and one of his like security guys just kind of like blocked his view from the car so there wouldn't be like an incident or whatever but then I know someone who was actually doing uh, re- engineering for him uh, fluff like, work for Prince, and he had to sign, like, a mess of NDAs on, on, like, the high end of working for Prince, not just driving your PCP mobile around and painting his house. Um, But in the middle, I I knew this gal who, um, like, like, talked to in person, was dating a guy that I was around all the time. Like, uh, she was the touring hair and makeup person for the three ladies in the uh, Third Eye Girl thing when Prince had, like, the three female backing band people or whatever. And she said that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she, that he did, he did kind of try to make her like sign personal NDAs and stuff, but it was really kind of like he had all the lawyers in the world and everything, but it was kind of sloppy in a way because it was like yeah, again around personal crap. So like Prince would like fly in like all these mistresses and stuff, and he'd be like, you know, and they'd be like his actual main girlfriend would be like crying to like this girl I knew being like, is he up to anything or whatever? And he'd be like, now you don't tell him nothing. And like, it was like this whole thing where she was caught in the middle of all of this shit. And like, I do remember like, she, this was kind of the beginning. She, I don't think likes me at all anymore. Like tried to drag me on the internet for stuff at one point, And the, the person in question like commented was like, I wanted to be there and I was old enough. You bitch. Um, and that was funny, but the, her early dislike came for me because me and my old guitar player were listening to her tell this story. And she was like, Prince was flying in all of these mistresses to, to every different city that he was in on private jets and, yeah. and all this shit. And then being tart for just, you know, drinking soda or whatever back then and like she was like giving us this heartfelt can you believe how fucked up this is and me and Turf just looked at each other and I did this and I was gonna say something and Turf just went like to the way everything should be <laughs> she didn't like that nope. and uh but I told her if she didn't shut up yelling at us I would tell Prince's lawyers on her so you know like <laughs> I think she left actually yeah that bitch hates me now but and good I can't imagine why some women hate a funny and charming man. I have just discovered over my years. They don't enjoy 
uh, like biting, like mm. uh, hilarious. Feels like it was written like months in advance, but on the spot commentary on their various gripes and boring stories. Like it's just, sure. it's just nothing yeah. they love sometimes. Um, but that is exactly that Lizzo situation of like, oh, these NDAs are like just yeah. for, and we're all over the road. <laughs> but I, the, the, as, as far as like you know, the government discovering aliens, I get, you know it. It's it fits together though in a certain way because it's like all the way up and down, nothing really works all that much. Di- as above, so below, as yeah. the as the goth kids say. Yep. Um, it's like everything from from a from a music entertainer to like you know like hi- hiring a, a my friend Sam to be a DJ at that black light Halloween glass thing we want to do that's coming up yep. um, all the way up to some guy testifying to like a house committee it's just a piece of paper and it's yep. like and someone sending you another piece of paper that might say you need to stop doing this or you might have to give us money and we're going to get that money from you by sending you more pieces of paper and you might have to sit in a room about it <laughs> and then we'll decide you know what I mean like just it's all just like well okay but is anybody going to get, like, a fucking bayonet through the liver over the... I mean, you know, we, we do live yeah. in this polite society where it's... You know, there are people that just know enough. I don't know. I, I want there, and I think there is something weird going on. You know, I believe pretty much everything Bob Lazar said. I will kind of die on that hill, actually. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this guy's saying a thing that happened. Yeah. It seems like that is the case with David Grush, too, which is yeah. interesting, where it's like... All of the major news outlets and everybody in Congress has said we've vetted this guy and he is who he says he is and has the clearance that he says he does and I don't know that that to me is is interesting about it but at the same time it's you always do wonder is it because of that or is it maybe just a ruse to get that fifty billion dollars? Well, I want we didn't we, we were talking about that before we started recording but yeah you include me in that uh, the the. I'm going to have to have you tell the story after I tell it wrong. But, like, the, That's the best governor of, of Alabama, because Huntsville, Alabama, contains, like, a huge military base where a, a friend of mine, Adam, Adam should be watching this. I might as well start emailing people personally because <laughs> algorithms block your every attempt to promote things or whatever. Yeah. I think Adam Wandler would enjoy this podcast, but he was a fan of me and, and Peter's band, Retardo Bud, and um, he eventually, he lived in Florida, but he eventually got a job like he was one of those like science. He looks like Michael Sarah kind of like not really, but he he um you know it was one when when you think about the smart nerd that goes on to do crazy things, he is like the poster child for that. Like mm. like he would hang out with us. Like he was like a fan, but we liked him, you know. So yeah. like we were at, at in somebody's like backyard shitty pool and like the panhandle of Florida and like we were having like these underwater wrestling matches that were just <laughs> drunken and stupid and he like accidentally won and the Retardobots drummer was Peter's brothers is this huge hairy dude that actually got in the newspaper for punching a guy from some big huge pop punk band in the, band in the face at a coffee house once oh. um, uh, he uh God, that story is funny too because everyone there loved him and everyone hated the the singer of that band or whatever. And he was mouthing off, and Tim punched his face in, and he called the <laughs> cops. And just like Tim, just like hid behind a newspaper, like on the front steps, and everyone there was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like they totally just said like, then ah. it was like in the news, so it was just like it it didn't say his name. It just said like local hoodlum punches like <laughs> D-list pop punk celebrity or something. And that local hoodlum was was a friend. But anyway. 
uh, he's this big guy that would get away with punching people in the face. Like, he's that kind of dude. And, you know, Adam had sort of accidentally beat someone in pool wrestling, and then Tim's like, I, all right, I, I'm going to take on the champion. And Adam was like, why am I the champion? <laughs> but anyway, he's the champion now because he, he got a, a job work. He moved to Huntsville because he got a job working for the military industrial complex, like making algorithmic stuff that like I predicts. pay well. Oh, he has a hot tub, you know, like, and, we've, and then we've, we did another round of pool wrestling and that years later. Yeah. And the champion, he held on to his title. But. Yeah, he helps them predict, like, how weather patterns will affect, like, the dispersal of chemical weapons or something. So that's his job, and that's in Huntsville. That's the that's the kind of business they do in Huntsville, Alabama. And, uh, yeah, apparently, like, the, God, the governor, the the, the low rent. I, I think he's a senator or congressman. Oh, he's just one of the congresspeople. Yeah. All right. He's like, I, I, I don't want Space Force's headquarters to get built. Their governor's the old lady that burped on TV. Oh yeah, I don't know if you saw that. That was that was neat. I don't know if I saw it. I think I heard about it, but I did. She throw up in her mouth a little. Like that would be that would be incredible. Just a little spit up. No, she didn't do that. But it was just an incredible burp. That like a Barney Gumble, yes. just Ralph, just ready. Like oh, that's amazing. That's a that's a four more years right there. Like I. <laughs> Would this country really be any worse if instead of democratic elections, we just decided things with a belching contest? Like, who gets to do what? Like, what fucking difference would that make? That would get the money out of politics. That would be something that's actually pure. <laughs> just who could rip just the loudest, stinkiest fucking tenor saxophone low note? Just like, and you're like, all right, like, you're the senator now. Like, that's. Just all that is. God damn it. Well, this oh. is the thing I'll probably cut and put on something. So, but the. Yeah, like. <laughs> in the oh. better universe we're going to, the belching contest will begin to decide <laughs> who, who gets to rule the law of the land. It'd be like, people, you can, you know, but that's perfect because, you know, you can invest all the dark money you want into this candidate of your choice. And if there's someone that, like, doesn't drink beer, you're fucked. Because some drunk is just going to come in there and, like, yeah, I don't know what the preliminaries would be. Like, maybe you have to get up. Like, the primary is, like, a voting thing. And there's, like, a few different parties and whatever. And then it just comes out. And when it, it matters, it's just... It's the belching it's, contest. Yeah. Is what? Yeah, you want to pick... So that way, whoever wins the belching contest is at least somebody who people sort of wanted... In the belching content, you, like you can't just pick some just fat <laughs> derelict out of a trailer park and be like, "Well, this lady who actually is like in Mensa could run our state, but um, you know, fucking Frank over here is gonna burp the shit out of her, and then he's just gonna be in charge." And like, yeah, it, I won't uh, mess you up because I don't. Can you can you react to it on YouTube if it's just a news thing? I don't know. I think I can do whatever I want at this point, but oh yeah, just damn. I want to. I'm already. I'm a little too drunk to pull it up as a clip on the thing. This is why I need like a person. But just hold it up in the. Do hold on. Do that again. Do that again. We're getting a. Excuse me. A slight increase in the number of doses that we're getting to the state. Sir. I'm sorry if, like, you know, I would be, like, not being able to see this. Go look it up. You can find it. But, like, she she looks like 
like a mix between like Angela Lansbury and the Queen of England. It's just like, oh, oh excuse me. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. she just brushes it off like that's a common occurrence for her. Well, that's what I love is that you know it's real because she said excuse me. <laughs> yeah, well, and the fat that her like I when she that she belched like a vein came out of her forehead. I mean that was like that was like a fucking expulsion of something. Like the guy, like the guys, really like was. standing behind behind her, kind of been like, oh boy, like <laughs> Jesus, Grandma. Yeah, just just old people just burping and farting in it. There was an article that uh, it's like a thing, and like that that our politicians or whatever, like the like the average age around most of the world for everyone in charge of everything is like fifty, and ours is like seventy. Like it's it's past the average life expectancy for like m- people who don't have top tier secret bunker healthcare that keeps them going into their nineties. Like like everyone's like Joe Biden's so old. I'm like okay, yeah, great. But do you realize that like everyone else is as old as he is, including That's Trump, absurd. including fucking everybody. Like Mitch McConnell just had a stroke and died. It's it's fucking just wildly fun too when you listen to people. And this is where like people like Tim Dillon always have a good point. Where you know you you pick the 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 dementia patient of your party's choice, like you you know like people be like, oh, did you hear about how 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 Diane Feinstein and whatever? And it's like, okay, but we're just gonna ignore. It. And then like everybody like I'll make fun of Mitch McConnell and then just forget to mention how old Joe Biden, you know. But all of these people are these mummies that just run like we're about to to hit art like AGI, artificial general intelligence. I believe. And this is a hot take, but like a year ago, I would have still said that that, and that's when something comes out that's intelligent, like like we are, or maybe even just like a chimp or something, but on its own or whatever. Right. And I would have put that at 25 years, you know, optimistically a year ago. And now, conservatively, I'm putting it at three. Like, I'm like, I... Now, artificial superintelligence, I don't know, but that's going to be a yeah. quick roller coaster ride once there's an artificial generalized intelligence, like the when things go way off the rails, it's when the artificial general intelligence gets smart enough to make something that's smarter than it is. Like we couldn't make something smarter than we are, but we could make something as smart as we are. And if that thing figures out how to do one up, and then whatever that thing that that makes, uh, whatever that is, is the thing that has like you know Stephen Hawking's had like a IQ of. 265 or something just unreal and they're like oh yeah like we'll make artificial intelligence it'll make its own version and then that thing will make something well this thing up here it'll be like 300 million or something like something where it'll be answering questions we would never have thought to ask once a second every second (laughs) you know like just like that's when we're like i can't even you can sort of predict the future a little like oh i'll bet that in a few years, this will happen. Like by then, it'll be like the best people at doing that will have no idea. That's why it's yep. the singularity. You're just like I, I don't know anymore. Like one of my heroes is Ray Kurzweil. He's the guy that makes you know synthesizers and stuff, but he's also like a mathematician and a, yep. you know futurist and everything. And I have one of his pianos upstairs, and that's its own story that I don't even know if I told. Like it's, I have a a 1993 Kurzweil like W10D or something like that, and the the um it's this amazingly nice digital piano thing that Alexis found for $300 on Facebook Marketplace. And to help give you an idea of how wild that is, 
the only other one I've ever even seen. Ever even seen is the non-wood paneled version. It looked like it was in a house fire. And it was it was the same one, it was just black, and it was like melted, and like some of the keys were broken. Sure. And it was going for 16 grand, and someone bought it immediately. So this thing that we found, I when she found, she's like, you've been wanting one of these. Look what I found. I was like, this has to be a scam. And it was just these old people that were like, we don't play the piano. Do you, you know, do you need help moving it? I'm like, no, we got it, we got it, we got it. <laughs> it's based, I think it might actually be priceless. But it's this, it's this Kurzweil piano, and it's got seven speakers. I've played it for you. It's yep. fucking beautiful. But, like, so this guy, I mean, you know, it, you, you wouldn't guess that it's that old either. You're like, oh, I want a keyboard from the early 90s. It must sound like shit. It sounds better than most, you know. It's this crazy fucking thing. And that's that's the kind of guy. But he predicted somewhere in like the late seventies, early eighties was like he was like by about two thousand one or two, it was like when the Walkman was invented, you know, with a tape or whatever. He was like by two thousand two, everyone is going to have all of their songs and media on an actual like hard drive, which by the way was still like the size of like my whole basement back then, that they'll carry around in their pocket, and there won't be a physical you know like tape or anything. It'll be like in a thing that's this room size thing now, it'll be this big and all the records ever will be on it. And probably around 2001 or two. And then it's like publicly, like, you know, it was like in a magazine or something that came out and you can go look it up. And it's like, oh yeah, 2001, the iPod came out. Like he fucking, he's one of those guys and people can do that stuff. Like there's guys better at it than him. And the reason I bring that up is because after something we invent invents its own thing and then it starts doing stuff, that's when no matter how good you are at that, you're like, I don't know what the future looks like anymore. Like, I fucking have no idea how many years or how many, like, what the fuck we're even... But, like, we might be able to actually just... Even if we didn't have recovered alien craft, we might just be like, you know, using, like, iron, lead, and some dirt, we can make this thing that bends gravity, and we can, like, fly to Alpha Centauri and back in, like, a week. <laughs> and it's like, cool, like, all right. Like, you know, you get to go terraform planets, and it's just, like, totally berserk shit, like... That you know, we it would take the whole human race working together, which you could hardly get a room full of people to work. You know, like a thousand years, it'll be like, oh, here's how to do it. You know, who else called all this was Mike Patton. Really, he, there was an interview of him from a while ago that he was well, it was music related, but talking about that, you know, in the future, all music will just be made by computers. Oh yeah. And, artificially he's like humans won't even be involved in the process it was actually he's fucking hysterical because it's like an old like vhs style video and he's like doing the interview he's eating like a triple cheeseburger and he's got like lettuce and shit falling out of his mouth and yeah he's just talking with his mouth just screaming at this fucking person but he's like but he had just a great line though he said that because that actually that's the worst part about music is that people play it yeah him yeah. and like frank zappa and stuff like have made interesting points like that and i I um yeah. By the way, Mike Batten was like one of those guys where he's like such a good like auteur, like <laughs> like artist or whatever that actually like yeah. became MTV famous and stuff. He's the kind of guy that was never designed for that. So it's always funny when that happens. It's like yeah. when the Butthole Surfers were like opening for Nirvana and shit just because Kurt Cobain thought they were funny. But then you know then the singers like firing a shotgun off at the thing, you know? <laughs> and it's just incomprehensible noise. And it's just, like there's like a naked guy covered in blood playing the saxophone. It's <laughs> not making any recognizable notes. And like Kurt's like on MTV and he's like everyone needs to see this. Yeah, I love that. And Mike. Patton's like one of those things where it's like he, you know, there was a thing where Faith No More was playing on MTV one time and it was like in the early 90s when they first got all huge and, and whatever and the lady, the host came up after their song and she was like, 
Like, and you guys, uh, we're going to play a video next from some uh, the band you just got off tour with, uh, Guns N' Roses. And he just went, who? <laughs> <laughs> like the shit that like, but then like, you know, it's like I saw him at this music when they came back in 2009. They're at a music festival and like they're all wearing like red suits and he's singing this song and he's just like. Sw he's, he switched into different languages. Like he, he was like singing in Italian. He's like, I'm gonna do the next verse in Spanish. And he's like, da, 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 da. I'm kidding. That was Portuguese. I want to know if you're paying attention. Like just like she, just just nailing every note the whole way through. Just sing, just crooning this just like beautiful lullaby and yeah, walks up to the people in the front row. He's like, oh, what are you looking at? Oh, <laughs> He is a real insane person, and that that you know that I I appreciate and enjoy a lot, and uh, yeah. wish that I was half as talented, and even a, a, a twenty five percent is like rude and terrifying, <laughs> and you know, like he just the stuff that he gets away with, you know, it's like he's one of those people where it's like, wow, at this point you could probably get away with anything, and he's yeah. gonna just do all of those things. Um, I now it is it is um. 52 minutes in, and this is when I uh, usually read a book, read a page out of an awful book called <clears throat> Dear Asshole. See, I would never be able to, to win a belching contest. For, I've had some good ones, but... Yeah, you just have to, you know, work I, on a little bit. I mean, I, yeah. That time you lit a fart on fire and it worked on the tour bus is one of my, like, I think of, like, if, by the way, like... There'll be things in the belching contest to decide who gets to rule the land. And if if, yeah. if 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 you do like a weak belch and the crowd starts to turn on you and you just turn right around and shoot a fireball out of your ass, it's like, oh, that oh, yeah. that's that's a special conference. You, that gets you, you, run, you run the Hunger Games then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm using a, a large pistol as a paperweight. I forgot that was there. That's okay. Um, it was my grandfather's. But this book came from my parents. And I, by the way... Your theory that this was written by an AI that later got debunked because it turns out it came out in 2011. But it's like it, I, every time someone else sits and does this with me, I have to explain that that almost perfectly explained this and they get all hopeful. And then I like dash their hopes. Like, like it's just part of this roller coaster of like, but it couldn't have been because it was made too long ago. And they're like, God damn it. Yeah. Why did this happen? And I, yeah, man, you know, this borrow my shirt. Where are we on this? Shopping cart in the middle of the lot. I'm not dog. Dear asshole. Oh, right. Because uh, Andy, who runs the Monday Night Comedy Show, was was guest co-hosting with me a, a, last time there was a guest co-host. Sure. Um, and I was explaining this book to him how it's like classist and actually racist in parts, like kind of for real. And it's just a just a problem. And again, if you haven't been, I'm not going to explain it. Like I'm not going to make Chris <laughs> sit through that. Just you know what this is. It came out of the same. You know, the my friend Ben Hurley has a. Oh yeah, I should have I should have kept you up on this. My friend Ben has that cup that has. Uh, it was um, it was a Taco Bell cup, like with the printing on it. But then 3D engraved were McDonald's logos, and like we don't know where it came from. We can't find another one. Hmm. No, I, I my new theory on that is that if you if you if you get like the laser disc maybe. Because it's actually almost better than Blu-ray. If you get the laser disc of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and you frame by frame it in the room with all the all the the grails that turn you into a screaming mummy and you like yeah. fall apart, it's that's where this is, that cup is from. And I think this book is from, well, it came from the same thing. It's just a cursed item from beyond hell that just shouldn't exist. Like I'm done trying to understand the process of why it was made. 
who these people think they are, how unfunny it is. Like, one of my favorite <laughs> things now to do is me and Meredith punched one up where, like, we were like, every line where there could be a joke, we, we sat and figured out something better. It took us, like, three minutes to make it actually funny. And I'm like, okay, so we're not famous. No one's paying us. And we were, like, able to go, like, be like, way to, way to ruin the shirt you borrowed, you dum-dum. And it's like, okay, like... Why not say, like, you know, oh, thanks for returning. What did you wipe your ass with it? Like, there were so many things that were funny they could have said. And and if you're like, oh, well, they don't want to go poop comedy or blue or whatever, they definitely do that. They, they There's pages in this Tome of the Damned that contain unfunny poop jokes, which is, again, why it comes from the How same... How the fuck do you make poop not funny? It's hard. You it's have to so try. Hard. Like I think this is some sort of MK Ultra thing at this point, where it's just kind of like to. Re- I, I, it's probably a mistake for me to be reading it. Like I get to the last page and I read it, and all of a sudden, like the like my roof starts caving in, and like I mean, the five minutes from- ago we just watched some fucking old lady burp, and I fucking almost. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's like about the funniest thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life, and like. <laughs> Like, these people could take that and turn it into a drag. Like, I yeah. don't understand. It's almost like it's intentionally not funny. Again, it's like, I will activate a sleeper agent on this last page and some creepy, like, Russian thing that just reads numbers. Like, some awful, <laughs> awful thing that I just I just got chills. I'm, the, like, your car stereo will start flipping around, like, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Like, yeah. I don't know. I shouldn't be doing this. This is the Necronomicon. This is just a book that, that, that's, that people deep in our government... It's like Doom or something, where it's like right. it's science, but they actually opened up something they didn't understand, and they use that to like, or like Event Horizon or something. Like you know, it's just I, again, like it's it's just this unholy thing that I shouldn't be dabbling in. But of course, I'm going now. I'm that makes me kind of like it, like a little bit. But anyway, no, don't do that. I know, and I never read ahead, and I don't know what. I think my wife is home. Hello, and we're reading, dear asshole. <laughs> The funniest book in the world that my parents presumably bought from, like, an airport and got me for Christmas. I just can't. I don't know. Again, there was an entity working through them. Like, they didn't really make the decision to buy me this book. It just fell into their, like, carry-on luggage. And there's, oh, hello, what's this? But anyway, typically it's kind of classist. And this one actually is Dear Asshole Landlord. Like, for once... They're on the the side of, and I know that I'm probably going to eventually be people's landlord. I get it. Whatever. I don't care. Fuck it. But I'm still going to say fuck the whole thing. I, the amount of things that I go, this is just unscrupulously amoral and we shouldn't do it. <laughs> when my boss suggests it at work, I get excited and help him. Like So, I mean, I'm not here to tell you that I'm above making money becoming everything that I hate. That's fine. Yeah. But Because not having money is something I hate more than all that. But this one is Dear Asshole Landlord, punching up for once, I think. Congratulations on officially achieving slumlord status with this place, because it's a total shithole. Pretty funny. The punchline is that they said shithole, I think. Uh, The paint is peeling, the windows won't open, and the furnace is smoking more than the cast of Mad Men. Okay, I actually kind of like that. Maybe it's because I like Mad Men, and it almost qualifies as a joke. Like they said, smoking yes. as much as 
Like, what's 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 funny? And it's like, the cast of Mad Men, that's funny. I would have said, you know, the ovens and Auschwitz, but whatever. Like, there's two different kinds of humor. Um, I go to upset people. <laughs> and but, but this book upsets me, so... Did someone need to die an asbestos-related death before you'll even return a phone call? If you're not going to call me back, at least tell me who I have to screw around... Oh, who I have to screw around here for a hot shower. Wow, who do I have to fuck to get a drink joke? That's all right. But when you put screwing around together, you pronounce it wrong. Like, who I got to screw around here. But anyway, the water is freezing. I'm trying to freshen up before work. Not reduce a deadly fever, which a cold shower is not. Okay, miserably yours. P.S. Doorknobs are not a luxury. And I, you know. Who's renting a place without doorknobs? What does that mean? I have rented a lot of crappy fucking shithole places due to poverty and irresponsibility. Every single one of them is at doorknobs. Yeah. I don't even know what that problem is. Like, this thing is at, at... It's just simultaneously confusing, upsetting, and mystifying. Like, the, what are they even referring to? But I want you to take a long, hard think about this book. In the dimension that me and Alexis and... Chris and everyone we know and love are going to without you all the better timeline um, this book will be this thing where like you'll look it up and you won't be able to find you know whatever where where everyone else the non-believers I'll call them then the horrible fucking awful weird COVID Donald Trump dimension that you're all going to get stuck in forever um, it will be very easy to find this book will have multiple sequels It'll be on like the, the the New York Times bestseller list, and you'll just you'll you know where we're going. This thing will not you know no one will even know what we're talking about. But what if in that I like hitting the drums that other alternate dimension that book exists and it's the funniest fucking book you've ever read in your life. I think that's what's going to happen. I think I that we so. we have to as much as that is you know something that the 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 devil wrote um, with like a quill. And, and just, like, the semen of holy men that, that he's jacked off in the back of a church or whatever. Like, as much as it is just this cursed thing, I think that it'll be a barometer. It'll be a thing that we can use, like, because that landlord thing, that was a bit of a step in the right direction. There's two things that were a little funny in it, and it was actually punching up and not just being like, Dear grocery carryout boy, you deserve to be poor, or whatever the fuck, you know, like that. Jesus. That's So I think as we get to the, it'll be like in Back to the Future when the pictures start changing, you know, as we get towards the end of that book. Right. As, as we start using room temperature superconductors to just have like levitation magnets and ultra fast computers and and, and the super intelligence is like like cure death yeah. and we we just you know whatever and it's all just a big just circus of just drugs and hand jobs and like in outer space and that's just our life yep. like as we get closer to that event horizon slowly as you watch this podcast each of the, the the last ten pages are going to be the funniest, most relatable shit. We've, it's why I don't read ahead. I don't yeah. want to break the, the spell of whatever this is. They'll be the funniest thing we've ever read. And I'll, I'll, I'll tear the last page out. And I'll be like, I love this book. And the next morning we'll wake up to the news that there is a presidential election getting decided with a belching contest. 
the Reverend John Wheeler podcast takes zero responsibility for the words, actions, or ideas of its host, guests, or listeners. Though the people on the screen may at times be speaking directly to you and may occasionally give you direct calls to action, neither Reverend John nor the Alchemical Cocktail Lounge are under any moral or legal obligation to answer for the potentially disastrous repercussions that may arise if you are stupid enough to actually follow the orders of a raving lunatic. Think for yourself and do whatever you want because you're on your own. If anyone ever tries to sue this podcast, black SUVs will converge on your location in the darkness of night and you will never be seen again. Remember to like and subscribe.